following two Dr. Ucker frozen fungi pieces, Caitlin was lying in front of her dormant log burner in her Matalan onesie, staring up at the ceiling. Her stomach was full of wheat beer and gluten. She'd just been out for a brief whiz around Little Sainsbury's for imitation frazzles and a chocolate orange, where she'd had a quick chat to Linda in the car park about the new Maggie O'Farrell and Martin's swollen testicle, and then it had been home for Gardener's World. She was a bit self-conscious of loud music past nine o'clock, what with her old neighbours on both sides now, so she had REM on in her uncomfortable earbuds. She fixed eyes on the ceiling as the low and pockmarked undulations of centuries of wear and tear hung over her. In the corner was a tiny little cast iron hatch the size of a box of matchmakers that said the word majestic on it to make it even more perplexing for her. She had a whole slab of brownies cooling in the kitchen that was spattered in melted white chocolate. She felt she'd trim the edges and have with some decaf Earl Grey and some late night QVC later. Outside, late August blackbirds dipped across fields, skidding between the hay bales on the hills and recently abandoned trampolines and swing pools. Barbecue smoke was like the pipes of old timers. It blended with a melody of cutlery on crockery from late dinners outside or the sounds of washing up from open windows. Dogs were busy on another lovely walk. Couples were hand in hand on the long way home, picking the odd bit of long grass to play with and flicking stones from their flip-flops. A distant bass mumbled from Bluetooth speakers in gardens where teenagers lay texting or grown-ups shared the second half of a bottle of wine after kids' bedtime. Beer gardens bubbled with jokes, the rustle of ripped crisp packets and pints being collected with a pinch. A tractor trimmed the floor of a shabby hedge. It flung branches of hawthorn shards into the dusty sky. You could hear birds miles away. See a hot air balloon floating into the haze. There was another hour of daylight before the sun became a self-folding flower. Earlier that day, Caitlin had struggled in little. She thanked someone for putting the belt divider down and the man behind her had shouted at her for not needing to thank this person. He'd said it was expected of them because it's the end of their shopping. Yet Caitlin had said it also marked the start of her shopping and that his aggression was making everyone in the queue feel a bit nervous. He said nothing and just shook his head and laughed to himself at her. And she just moved her eggs, bananas and bread in from the end. Caitlin isn't lonely. She's like a succulent that people mistake for a cactus. She doesn't need the same water and attention as other houseplants. Yet people still try to water her just as much. She's not prickly, although people think she is, because they expect her to be. She's hardy and she's independent. She just needs to be dried out completely before being watered again. And if she chooses to dry out whilst watching Gardener's World with a couple of beers and two frozen pizzas, 
then who are we to judge? But we do. She wasn't understood much at school either. She was that big girl over six foot who was good at drawing and cookery and became known as that girl whose twin brother died in a car crash. When she sees the girls who bullied her or intimidated her at school, she's not mean to them now, but she's glad she's not like them. She sometimes feels lonely at the weekends. TV helps. Cooking helps. Walking helps. She's stopped dating sites now. She doesn't find people attractive very often anyway. She likes her amazing shower attachment, but she mostly thinks of her own body at the time, or she thinks of lovely walks she's been on, or that holiday in Reykjavik with that amazing cabin. There's a couple of mates from school, but she isn't in touch individually really, only the occasional bit of gossip in the group chat. She's got Jen, who moved to Canada because of her husband's job, who's got the sort of family and social life the world might think that Caitlin dreams of, but she doesn't. She's not critical or scathing of it being for most people, it's just not for her, and she's fed up with society making her feel like she's weird or missing out. Being around Caitlin confuses some people, but she hopes she's going to become more accepted as the world changes. By then society will view her as a lonely old woman probably, who missed out in some way. People accept old people who are alone. The same can't be said if you're in your 30s and 40s. We haven't moved on hugely from suspecting them of witchcraft. People say, oh poor Caitlin, it's so sad. No it's not. It's how she likes it. The hour was late. She was scrolling through Etsy on the hunt for new embroidery templates. She glanced left, and her cheek rested on the soft rug, and she saw a crumpled orange foil of her terries. Only one or two segments left. I might as well be done with it, she thought. She often found a bonus segment hiding under the sofa in the middle of the week. But you can't plan these sorts of surprises. Maybe they used to keep treasure in that hatch, she thinks. Maybe there's something of value in there. William always used to love doing treasure maps. He'd have loved making this X marks the spot. She wonders if she could do a cross-stitch of a treasure map. Anyway, time for bed now.